Sports Ethos New York Knicks podcast. Andre Gallagher after another tough loss at home from the Knicks against Memphis. A uh, game that, as you know, I didn't have a lot of faith in them winning. But they had their shot, and, and I think that's pretty much the story with the Knicks in a lot of these games is having a, having a shot to win at the end and not coming through. You saw Brunson with another chance to win at the end of regulation, and he didn't come through. And you're hoping that doesn't come become a thing. Being here in New York, they make big things out of things like that. You're not going to make every one of these big big shots. He makes a ton coming down the stretch in the clutch, but that game winning shot he came up short, and he rushed one of them. Conchar flew at him. He had to get it up. It wasn't really his natural, normal shot that he takes. It's a shot you know he can hit. Uh, He had a little space at the free throw line. He pulled up. Rushed it. Had another chance. Great move. Split the defense. Brandon Clark flew in. Altered his floater. And you just hope it doesn't become a thing. Because there are other guys on the roster who want to take these big shots. On the, and are very self-centered when it comes to that. History has shown it. Namely, Randall, who only took nine shots last night. And actually, out of, outside of starting the game, once again, with his obligatory heat check shots from the three-point line. Outside of that, he had a good game. Uh, he had a decent floor game in general. Didn't really stand out as being a loafer out there. Had some good effort. Was one of five from three. Started the game off taking contested jumpers. It's just frustrating to start the game off that way. But he only had nine shots compared to R.J. Barrett's 17. And you're starting to worry about whether or not that's going to be a thing. Because he's being, again, I told you, he doesn't play the same way in terms of Randall. He doesn't play the same way throughout the game. There are ebbs and flows with him in terms of paying attention and being mindful of his contributions on the court. And he will take these little stupid heat check shots and then he'll calm down and actually be a functional member of the offense, go to the basket, post up sometimes. He still does that silly thing where he drives into the middle of the paint and just elevates and then then tries to scan the floor like he has hang time, like Michael Jordan in a video game or something. He scans the whole floor while he's in the air. Just ridiculous. Just go up and shoot me five feet from the basket. If you didn't know what you were going to do when you drove, that's part of the problem. You should have had an idea of how the defense was going to rotate to you. Should have had an idea where the next pass was, not having that kind of second-level IQ and second-level uh, preparation when you begin your move is a troublesome. It's troublesome. It's, one of the, again, one of the reasons why the Knicks are not efficient. But you don't blame him for that loss. You don't blame RJ for that loss. 9-17 from the field. Actually a good shooting game. 2-6 from 3, which was an issue last night. Randall was 1-5. Brunson was 3-5. Quentin Grimes, who's going to have to start hitting shots soon. He's not hitting anything. And he burned me in fantasy. In a league where you can't switch out day-to-day, I put him... And think he was going to have a week, probably score, you know, 12 points a game. Give me like maybe four rebounds, four assists. You couldn't even get that consistently this week. He's not even looking at the rim half the time when the ball finds him. And that's frustrating. 
You can't be in a starting lineup and just be a wallflower. That's not why you're here. That's not why the team wanted to keep you. You have to actually make plays. And again, it's frustrating that there's no one on that team telling him that mid-game. There's no one on that team saying, listen, the ball finds you in the half court. Look at the basket. Either take the shot or take your man. Don't just catch it and pass it to someone else real quick. You have every right to take a shot as everyone else. He has to play more like RJ, and RJ has to play more like him. Maybe an overstatement, but still. RJ, again, had a good game last night. Seven rebounds, four assists, but minus eight on the game. Randall was minus three. Uh, Quinton was minus nine. And he played job pretty good. And down the stretch of the game... It wasn't really playing Ja. It's it's never really playing Ja, right? It's about playing the screen. And he played it pretty well. And he forced Ja into a lot of turnovers and bad shots and bad decisions. Down the stretch of the game, however, they went with Cam, who had no answers for the screen. And I understood why Cam was in the game, because Cam was playing well offensively, whereas Q wasn't. But... R.J. Barrett stayed in the game, who was playing well offensively, but hasn't been a great defensive player uh, overall in a game. So if you need to play defense, if you need defense, you need stops, you got to put Q in the game, who had been playing job well the whole game, instead of relying on Cam to do something that he hadn't done all game, which was stop Ja on those screens, on those screens. Tough spot. This is why you like to have two-way players, and you don't have to take guys out for defensive purposes across the across the board. You want to be able to have faith that R.J. Barrett, a guy who said he wanted to be a two-way player, he wanted to take the best offensive player on the, on the opposition, you want to have faith that this guy can stay on the floor and actually maybe guard Ja and not have, if Cam is struggling, and not, a, and not have us have to take offensive players off the court to play defense, which was unfortunate. And I'd tell you another thing, I may have even put Julius Randle on Ja, the way Julius can can move his feet on the perimeter and maybe switch, maybe switch on Steven Adams and keep him off the offensive boards or keep him from rolling to the basket and let Mitch deal with Ja in the paint. Um Unfortunately, it didn't work out. They couldn't stop Ja down the stretch. And this is why you didn't want this game to be a close game because you knew when it came down to it, they had no answers for the screen and roll with Ja. You had no answers outside of Quentin. And Quentin didn't play much in that fourth quarter. Played a good, good amount in the game, but not much in the fourth quarter. You didn't see quickly, quickly got hurt. IQ had some nice plays in that second quarter before he got hurt. The Knicks didn't really miss a miss a beat once he was out of the game, frankly. Um, but quickly has shown that he's a little bit more offensive-minded right now than he was earlier in the season. And we talked about it last episode. It's a little uneasy. Maybe he's trying to stay stay in town. Maybe he's trying to get out of town. But he's definitely, definitely seeming like he has his mojo back offensively and not just a wallflower out there. But... The Knicks end up in the same place regardless. He didn't play the entire second half. 
they were still they went down a little bit in that first quarter again the starters seemingly struggle coming out of halftime but they came back they got back in the game cut it took the lead late in the game McBride Cam Grimes even who was a minus nine he played job well slowed them down but as always the secondary peripheral players are the ones who step up. Jaron Jackson Jr., Steven Adams got to the line six million times. Seemed mostly legitimate calls. The problem was that you didn't see the calls on the other end. Mostly legitimate calls against Adams, but he went to the line nine times. I think his career high is 15. Yeah, this is really ridiculous. The Knicks cannot box out Steven Adams under any circumstances. Cannot box him out. They, they put Hartenstein and Mitchell in the game down the stretch to box out Adams, and he still got his hands on the ball. Is He's a problem, but also the book on the Knicks is clear. Crash the boards. Crash the boards on the Knicks. Early in the game, Memphis did not do that. I actually tweeted that Memphis didn't get the, the, the memo that they need to crash the boards on the Knicks every time the Knicks... Every time they miss a shot because the Knicks are real shaky on, on, the, on the defensive glass. They didn't do it early in the game. The second half of the game, they did do it. And they out-rebounded the Knicks, I think, 50-42. to 42. I think it was 50-42. to 42. And on the offensive glass, they out-rebounded them by four. Seemed like more than that. Steven Adams had seven offensive rebounds. He had seven offensive rebounds, only three defense. Conchar, all over the defensive glass for the Grizzlies. Let's look at the – he's a good rebounder, good rebounding player. Can hit the shot. Let me see, what did they shoot from three? They shot 37% from three, and the Knicks shot 33%. This game came down to the Knicks' inability to hit three-point shots. And – and even in a game where they scored 123 points, you never feel like the Knicks are going to score enough points to to overcome, one, their inability to secure defensive rebounds consistently, and two, make outside shots. And you're hearing the commentators and you're hearing people on Twitter very, very subtly talk about well, the best three-point shooter is sitting on the bench and he can't get on the court. It is a reason why he can't get on the court. Because the Knicks' best best chance to, to win games is to play defense. <laughs> and even though they're struggling at it, it's not really since Grimes has entered the rotation, it has not really been a struggle across the board. Not in the same positions. The biggest struggle the Knicks have had since Grimes entered the rotation has been the rebounding. And even when they box out, they can't get the board. And that's a struggle. That's that's a struggle. The defensive possession does not end until you get the rebound. And now teams are crashing the boards. They're getting hands all over their balls. The balls are getting tipped around, and it stays with Memphis. It stays with the opposition pretty much every time they do it. And with the opposition crashing the offensive boards, you would think the Knicks can score in transition, and they don't. And the reason why they don't is because they don't hit outside shots consistently. 
because teams just sink into the paint. You'll get outside shots. They'll get sprayed out, but they're not hitting them. And until they start hitting these outside shots, it's just it's just torture. I'm not sure how the Knicks score if Brunson doesn't carry them. They don't have enough guys who look at the rim when when there's ball movement. They don't have enough guys who create opportunities for others. RJ drives with his head down most of the time. Randall drives and he looks to score. And he looks to pass, excuse me, but he's not great at it. He's not collapsing the defense and making quick, decisive passes. He, he might collapse a couple defenders and then he doesn't know where to pass the ball. Grimes is the other guy who can do that. Quickly is the other guy who can do that. Grimes stopped looking at the basket the last couple games. And quickly, again, you're starting to see a little bit of a resurgence, but he's also not the greatest creator there is. He doesn't have great vision. He doesn't have great passing ability. He's good. He's not great. I told you, nobody on Knicks can make the weak side corner pass off the screen and roll. And that's that's the pass that's open every time. And they can't make it. You know, and you know I'm not a sky is falling guy when it comes to the Knicks. You know I'm staying steady with this team is about developing young players, knowing who's going to be here going forward and who's not, building trade value, and staying at or around 500. As far as a coach is concerned, there are a lot of things that he does that just drives me nuts. And in this game, I don't really even blame him too much, but there is some talk and a thought that I even had. Quentin played job very well on those screens, but didn't see his way on a court down the stretch of this game. And I understood why, because Cam was given something offensively and Cam is deflecting passes. He got a steal. So I get it. But who's not playing well defensively? That'd be RJ. He was playing well offensively, so you kept him in the game. But Jalen was getting getting most of the shots. Again, I'm not going to get into it. But it is tough to see Ja be the reason why this game was won down the stretch and you not have the guy who's been guarding him well in the game. I just don't get it. On the other side, Sims is now not in the rotation. He's been playing well defensively. He's been a force in the paint. We talked about it last episode. Hardenstein has not really played great. He's been a little bit of a sieve defensively. He's dealing with a little bit of an Achilles issue, as as was reported a couple days ago. I'm not going to say that's the reason why. I'm just throwing it out there. I'll give him a little bit of a bail on it, but... He's not. He wasn't nearly as good as Mitchell. You saw the difference between the two of them in the game, and I talked about this last game. Mitchell Robinson is a force in this game. He was a force. He wasn't in foul trouble. He had five blocks, 16 points. He was a plus two on the game. He was four or seven from the line, six or seven from the field. And you go look at Hardenstein, who was a minus three on the game, played 15 minutes. Had four rebounds, had one block. And it just didn't seem like he had the ability to stop what Memphis was doing. And then Obi. Now we have an Obi problem. 
He didn't shoot well the last few games at a road trip. Hasn't been shooting well the last couple games. One of four from three last night. Was only a minus one. Scored nine points. Made a couple nice plays before he was finally pulled out of the game. And again, that's always a big issue. Randall did not play poorly this game, though. So it's not as big of a deal. But OB struggled for most of the game. But then when he started to play a little bit better, he got pulled. But Memphis was targeting OB on the half court. They were targeting him with Jaron Jackson Jr. They were going right at him. And it's always the same thing with OB. He's in good defensive position to make a stop, but he never makes a stop. He just doesn't have the proper strength and balance and technique. Guys are just going at him. Now, JJJ is much bigger than him. But still, stay in front of him, elevate, make the finish difficult. He couldn't do that. And you saw a good game from Jaron Jackson Jr. last night, by the way. Dylan Brooks in that second quarter lit the Knicks up. Couldn't stop him. Now, is Dylan Brooks better than R.J. Barrett? Dylan Brooks was never a great shooter. He's not especially quick. He's not especially talented. But... He had a game that was probably better than R.J. Barrett's last night. It was very comparable. <laughs> very comparable. And I'm not going to, listen, I'm not one to use one game to cast aspersions, but in a direct matchup, you want R.J. Barrett to win that matchup, and he couldn't against Dylan Brooks. And then they ran some nice little plays for Dylan Brooks, got him some open shots, plays you don't necessarily see from the Knicks, another source of criticism. The Knicks don't actually run a lot of plays. They do a lot of screen action in the middle of the floor and get offense out of that. They do a lot of isolations. Not necessarily the most creative offense in the world, but open and open equal opportunity for a lot of guys on the floor. They just don't take advantage of it, unfortunately. And there's there's no focus. There's no emphasis. Hey, let's target this guy because I don't think this guy can guard our guy. You You don't see enough of it. You really don't. You saw Dylan Brooks really light the Knicks up. 8-16 from the field, 3-7 from 3, 4-5 from the line, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. Ended up fouling out of the game. But he was a minus 6 in the game. A lot of that was in the fourth quarter when the Knicks made their comeback. But he was the only one who was a minus 6, a minus for the most part in the game. Tyus Jones was a minus uh, 1. Not a big deal. You usually don't see a whole team in the plus. <laughs> Laravia only played 15 minutes. He was a minus two. The whole team is in the plus here. Let's look at this. Break this down. I know Knicks came back in the fourth quarter. I'm just curious what Dylan Brooks was in the fourth quarter. Yeah, in the fourth quarter, he was a minus 11. So that was he was in the game when Knicks were making that comeback. Laravia was. Minus six in that quarter as well. Tyus was minus four. Clark was minus three. Jaron Jackson minus four. John Morant broke even. Let's go to that second quarter. This is the second quarter, I believe, when Dylan Brooks lit the Knicks up. So plus five in the quarter. They only had two shots. Was it the end of the first, start of the second? Nope, one of four. If you if you didn't watch the game, you'd think that Dylan Brooks didn't do anything. He was two or two in the second quarter, one or four in the first. Uh was it the free throws? 
one and two in the third. Was it the free throws in that second quarter? Three or four from the line. Eight points. Eight points in that second quarter. Pretty good. Pretty good quarter. Two or two from the field. One or one from from three point line. That was more than what anyone else did in the quarter, except for Laravia, who hit two threes, and they had Rody David Rody, who came in, and again, this is what's frustrating when you watch the team. You know, guys like Rody come in and are just solid, just solid. That's all he was was solid. He didn't do anything special. He was just solid, and the Knicks just need solid play from a lot of guys. Just be solid. Just be a threat. You know, Aldama, Rody, Laravia, Clark, they were just solid. They got the ball in the positions that they can score, and they scored. It's an adventure with the Knicks, every one of their players, and that's what's scary for Knicks fans. Some of these guys are making a lot of money. R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, we talk about them a lot. They make a ton of money. Can you just be solid? Can you just make the solid play? And they don't. But then a guy, a guy like Rody comes in, he makes a couple of shots. Yeah, Conchar comes in, lights you up. Aldama comes in and gives you a hard time. You're making a hundred million dollars. Can you just make can you just make the right play? Can we just kick the ball out to you and you make a shot? And Grimes is starting to become an issue here. It's been a week now. He's not playing well. He's not playing well offensively. You're not here to just play defense. You got to do what you did in that Phoenix game. You got to create offense. You got to drive to the basket. You have to be more of an offensive threat. The starting lineup needs guys who can penetrate and create. So they don't have to just go to non-shooting R.J. Barrett and random, random. I just made that up on the spot. That's classic. It's classic. Random Randall. That's perfect. And Jalen Brunson, he's just not going to last playing like this. And this can't come down a stretch of every game. And us have to depend on Jalen Brunson getting into the paint and making shots over defenders. Not going to get calls. We have to be able to utilize these other guys on the team like Randall and RJ. And they have to develop shots that they are that are go-to shots. Solid shots. And the Knicks know if they pass you the ball in that spot on the floor, you can knock that shot down. This is not when you watch other teams play, you just see solid play from everyone. They know where their shots are coming from and they know how to knock them down. And the Knicks just don't. Everything is an adventure. Every possession. And they're scoring a ton of points with this adventurous approach to inefficiency. However, that's just not going to last down a stretch of games. You don't want any games to be close against the Knicks, and the Knicks just don't have the wherewithal to pull away from a lot of these teams. Because teams know where to go for offense on their own roster. They know how to get how to get good shots, and the Knicks don't. So this, this game was a, a game that I expected them to lose. There's no home court advantage for the Knicks. Can I just go out on that limb right now? There's no home court advantage for the Knicks. Can can everyone just stop acting like the Knicks have an advantage at home? They don't. If the Knicks are playing well, the fans are great. But other teams, they look forward to playing in front of these fans. They're not 
they're not intimidated by the fans because the fans only make noise when the team is playing well. If they're not playing well, they're quiet and they love hushing the crowd. The Knicks are going to have a harder time playing at home than they do on the road. They don't get calls at home like a lot of teams do, so they don't have that advantage at all. And I'm not whining about it because these are pros and they have to play better. But there was no reason there was no reason to expect them to win this game knowing that they were going to need to stop Ja in a big spot and it was going to come down the stretch and they probably weren't going to do it and they didn't do it. And they couldn't stop, stop Jaron Jackson and they couldn't stop Steven Adams from getting all over the boards. They're just a poor... Each individual player is poor at, sol, at the solid aspects of the game. The things that you're supposed to have every night. They're not good at it. And you should not be concerned necessarily for this season, but you should be concerned going forward because some of these players are supposed to be the future of the franchise. Furthermore, if you don't start seeing, we give Grimes a little bit of a pass. He just came back from injury. But if you don't see quickly Grimes and Obi play better, if you don't start to see that, find some consistent offense and defense then it is a complete and utter failure, especially Obi. Complete and utter failure of a draft pick. Complete and utter failure. He can't be up and down like this. He's been solid. I don't want, maybe it's a little bit early to pick on him, but if he's not hitting his outside shot, there should be other things that he's doing. Some of that is not him, but. He's got to be better. He's getting the ball at the front of the rim, missing layups every single game. Looking at the referee for a foul call. Again, some of that is rhythm. Some of that is not being in the situation enough. You saw him get the ball a bunch of times. I think it was about three times this game he got the ball around the front of the rim. One time he got it, took his time, pivoted, and went out with two hands and dunked it. That's rhythm. This has happened to me a bunch of times. Today, I'm going up real quick. The ball's not going in. Let me be solid this time and make sure I make this make this basket. But he's just not getting enough looks. And he needs to get more. He needs to have the confidence to just be solid. Catch the ball, attack a closeout, get to the front of the rim, take your time and finish. Get fouled. Create for somebody else. Instead of just, we're going to run this these arbitrary actions and he's going to touch the ball and he's going to hand it off to someone else and never look at the rim. It's so stupid and frustrating. And frankly, I'm moving more towards a fire tips camp now. Because I just I just don't like I just don't like the way the players are being directed on the floor. I'm not gonna again, I'm not gonna jump all down his throat and say he does everything wrong because he doesn't. You've seen some other good things from these players. But I don't understand how someone who watches film can watch Obi Toppin, catch the ball, and the defense not even guard him because they know he's just going to catch it to hand it to someone else. You saw a backdoor play. We talked about Hartenstein, and I'm going to say his name properly now, Hartenstein. You saw him catch the ball in a high post and make a couple backdoor plays. One was errant. The other one was on the money. We talked about this, right? I talked about this on Twitter, too. What's the sense of having him out there if he's not going to do what he does best? 
You'd rather have Sims out there if you're not going to have him do any of the things that you brought him here to do. Sims is better at the things that you need him to do. Yes, he set solid screens, but you guys don't do anything with those screens, any, screens anyway. This team needs an injection of talented players who actually know how to play the game. It's frustrating now to see guys like Quentin Grimes and Cam Reddish. And, and Listen, we're not going to jump down Cam Reddish, Tibbs, rabbit hole right now. But it's frustrating to see guys on a team who actually know how to do some of the things that Knicks need done and they're not doing it. It's it's frustrating because you can't you can't put it all on the players. It can't be every single player is just stop looking at the basket. They need guys to penetrate and create, get into the teeth of the defense. They need it consistently from positions other than or from players other than Brunson and Barrett for different reasons. Brunson's getting worn down doing it and once he gets into the paint, he's a far better scorer. And you don't necessarily need him to kick it out when he gets into that paint. He has the shot that he's looking for and might as well take it. He's efficient at it. One of the best players in the league, by the way. Rose is more apt to score when he gets into the paint. Quickly is more apt to score or get nothing out of uh, getting into the paint. Now he's looking at the basket more than he has been earlier in the season. But he's not great at finding people open when he gets into the paint. He's not great at making that weak side corner pass, like I mentioned. However, Grimes, who... Talked about studying with Penny Hardaway in the offseason, seeing the floor differently, attacking the pick and roll and seeing the floor in the pick and roll. He worked on it, but you never put him in a situation. Cam, same thing. Was very good at turning the corner in the pick and roll and getting to the front of the rim. They're never in those situations. And it's maddening when you're watching the team. Why are you why are you taking why do you have a situation where you need something? There are players on your team that give it to you, but you never put them in a position to do it. Just, it's it's a stubbornness, it's a weirdness. The players aren't reactive on the court. They're not reading and reacting. And it's not, it's just, it's just not all on the players. There are 15 million coaches sitting on that bench and nobody's telling these guys, hey man, when you get that ball, jab step and go, attack the closeout, get into the paint, create something. Don't Don't be so quick to just pass it to somebody else. Don't think that the ball is not allowed to be in your hands, unless they're being told that. And I really don't think they're being told that, but it's frustrating to watch players not play basketball, not read and react. It's frustrating. Anyway, we'll be back here talking about it. You want to see improvement from the guys that are going to be here. You want to see improvement from the guys that need to be traded. And you want to see improvement from the coach. Frankly, he's just, he. I, I'm losing faith that the coach has the ability to bring the best out of these players now. Now that Grimes is back, now that Obi is slumping, now I'm starting to lose faith. Maybe I'm slow to the party. Everybody's been criticizing Tibbs for years, but mostly he's put the team in position to score when they haven't had all their pieces. Now that pieces are here, and he's trying to play all of them, I get it. He can't play all of them. You got to make some trades to clear up some space, but the guys who are on the floor, they could be playing better, and it's not just their skill set. It's the positions they're being put in, in my opinion, at this point. But make sure you check out sportsethos.com. Make sure you follow at sportsethos and follow at ethosnicks. Until next time.